0: It's time for Buckeye Grove Instant Access. It's about time. With the latest breaking news, analysis, and much, much more from around the world of Ohio State. Brought to you by BuckeyeGrove.com and the unscripted Ohio Podcast Network.
1: There's so money we don't even know.
0: It. Let's move quickly and hand it off to our host, Kevin Noon. It's
1: time to start.
0: Welcome to the BIA Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Noon, as always, and we are glad to have you. Not necessarily against the backdrop of any breaking news today, but, you know, we're kind of living in in odd times right now, so we figured we'd hit uh, the podcast waves. I am joined with uh, Braden Moles, uh, senior intern of BuckeyeGrove.com. How are you doing, Braden?
1: <laughs> I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, doing great. Title
0: don't, don't, don't tell Keaton. We'll talk to Keaton maybe later this week, early next week. So, uh, you know, we're living in some, some, some surreal times right now. I mean, just with the landscape of, of sports and whatnot. I mean, thank God for the NFL for having all sorts of news here in the silly season to keep us all, you know, somewhat sane. Yeah,
1: it's certainly some uncharted territory. I mean, I, you know, in terms of my lifetime, I, I am not, not, not to brag to you, but I am not quite old enough to really remember anything that happened during 9-11. So there has not been a great, uh, sport at any point during my life like this. So it certainly is an odd time to live in. For me personally, as a Colts fan, I'm excited about that on the news I've heard about lately. But other than that, yeah, I, you know, I had made a post on the board about how it's like, you know, I'm, I'm stuck watching bass pro fishing. It's like, you know, what, what, what have we come to now? <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I am old enough, obviously, to remember 9-11. And for those who aren't members of Buckeye Grove, first of all, you know, come on and join us, join the best community in Ohio State sports and, you know, see what's going on there. But I've told the story there that uh, I was a producer at Fox Sports Net Southwest in Florida at the time. And uh, obviously, sports were canceled at that point. So I was told in no uncertain terms, we'll call you when we need you. And you know, all of all of Fox programming pretty much was off the air. I mean, they were all simulcasting uh, Fox News Channel at the time, and it, yeah, it was a, it was a very weird time to 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 go through and, and whatnot. But you know, we're looking at a much longer term issue here with where we're at right now. This isn't you know, I don't think we're going to be seeing sports back in. Two weeks or anything along those lines. I mean, you have conferences already coming out and and canceling their 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 slate for the for the remainder of the season. You have MLB talking about you know a, a much delayed start to the season. I mean, of course, you know people are already starting to freak out about you know could this be something long term enough that could impact college football season? Yeah, I mean, there's
1: certainly a case to be made that with the different cancellations and postponements that have been made that football may be the next sport that shows up on the calendar. I mean, you know, with with how much they're going to have to delay the MLB and NBA and even NHL schedules, you know, we're getting into situations like is that going to cut into their next season? So it it really is uncharted territory here in terms of what these leagues are going to do about these postponements. But I don't think it's out of the question that football is the next sport that we can see return to a regular basis on our calendars.
0: We were all in Indianapolis for the Big Ten basketball tournament when things really ramped up, and we we went out a day early for, you know, the first day of competition, which was the Wednesday. Had the opportunity to see, uh, you know, I saw one of the games. Keaton and Braden saw both of the games. I ended up taking off and going to have uh, some wings and a beer or two and, and whatnot, uh, you know, the whole situation with, you know, the backdrop of the Big Ten tournament certainly was an odd one.
1: Yes, I mean, it, it certainly felt at a point like the games that were being played just didn't matter. I mean, so as we were sitting there during the second game, during the first game, when, when we were first getting into Banks like Fieldhouse, we'd already seen the news that the uh, NCAA tournament was going to be held without fans. And that was the most recent update we had going into the game's beginning. Then, as the games progressed, we learned during the first game that there would be no fans in attendance in the Big Ten tournament. And later, during the second game between uh, Nebraska and Indiana, Keith and I were sitting up uh, in the press box, and we saw the news that the NBA had suspended their season. At which point, things officially began to hit the fans when we saw Fred Hoiberg leave the bench near the end of the Nebraska game. So it later came out that uh, Hoydberg had just been diagnosed with regular influenza, but it was a surreal moment kind of thinking, you know, the coronavirus to us, you know, we have, for me personally, I live in Preble County, Ohio, so it's not something that's been close to me yet. But being in that arena where you're thinking, is it possible that this head coach has coronavirus right now? It became very surreal and it really hit you. Like, you know, this is here. This could be happening. So, you know, as, as the games went on, it, Really, it didn't seem like they mattered in terms of the grand scope of everything that was going
0: on. Yeah, I told you too that if they were going to lock you guys in place and quarantine you for fourteen days, I wasn't sticking around Indianapolis. You guys, <laughs> I would I would have sent you the number to Greyhound, maybe maybe PayPal'd you a couple of bucks, but you guys were on on your own at that point. <laughs> You know, let's you know let's talk a little bit about you know Ohio State's basketball season bigger picture. I mean, Ohio State was the uh, the seven seed in the Big Ten tournament. They were going to take on number ten Purdue. You know, despite being the number seven seed, I think Ohio State was probably one of the hotter teams in the Big Ten down the stretch. Winners of nine of their last twelve, you know, probably going to get a five seed in the NC two A tournament. You know, maybe with. Uh, a nice little run in Indianapolis. If that were, would have happened, they could have gotten up to the bottom of the four line, but you know, what, your thoughts on the, on, on the basketball season in, in general, and, you know, maybe what this team could have done if there were, you know, games to be played beyond what we saw.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think in terms of the big 10 tournament, I don't really think, You know, the grand scheme of things, I don't really think it was going to matter what they did unless they dropped a game to Purdue, like you said. It was likely they were going to be a five seed or maybe even higher depending on how the rest of the tournament went. But I think with the short rotation they're working on, with Kyle Young being out for such an extended period, I really think the goal for them was getting to the tournament and seeing what they could do there. And I, I really think that if they were able to get Young back and play like they had during the latter parts of February and earlier in the season of the non-conference schedule, I think it's a team that could have gone to I mean, maybe the second weekend, certainly, maybe the Sweet 16. So I think they have the types of playmakers that, like you said, were playing among some of the best teams in the country down the stretch. So I think it really is just a shame to you know, have their season cut short like this when I really do think they could have made a run.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, we've we've seen in the previous two seasons, Chris Holtman-led teams win their opening round game, get into the the round of 32 game, lead at some various points in the second half, and then come up short. I think that, you know, the tournament is so matchup-driven to begin with that you just, uh, there could have been, uh, nobody wanted to play like East Tennessee State. Uh, You know, if that were a (laughs) 5-12 matchup, that would have been a bad matchup for about anybody, especially when that team's on so you know with that not in the picture though I think Ohio State certainly could have made it into the second weekend and again it's, it's just all about matchups at that point I mean if they're at that five line and then they get through the four or five game I mean they'd end up drawing a one and you, you you just really don't know at that point I mean do you draw something? I mean do they get cute with the with the bracket do they draw Dayton I mean you know that's that's a scary nightmare type of situation just in terms of, of how in-state is set up. But, you know, I also watch some Flyers games to where they kind of frittered around until the end only to pull it out late. I mean, do you, do you draw Baylor? I mean, you know, do you draw Kansas? I mean, there are a lot of situations at that point that you just you just don't know. And, it, and it, it, it's hard to predict, but I even with playing seven guys – um you know and the hope would have been Kyle Young would have been back you know still with that short rotation at least it's a little bit more beneficial for Ohio State in the NCAA uh, A tournament versus the Big Ten tournament because you're not being asked to play four games in four days it's you know play a game you know interview day play a game you're doing two games in three days which you know might work a little bit let a little bit better on tired legs
1: and I'll, and I'll say with, you know,
0: it, it obviously you said it's matchup
1: in the NCAA tournament, but I think Ohio State, even even if they were still working with short rotation, like you mentioned, they were a team that I think was built to go deep, because you know, the Big Ten is, you know, I was not here the argument about whether the Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball, but i say without a doubt, it was certainly the most difficult conference to play in this season, you know, with a three-way tie of 14-6 of, of the Big Ten regular season title. So I think, you know, even if they were still playing the tour rotation, they were so battle-tested, especially over, you know, the early part of the season. I think they were really able to grow in the way they played in the Big Ten. And I think that really would have stepped up for a nice run in March. So, it's just, you know, especially for Andre Weston and Danny Hummer and likely Caleb Weston, who have all played their the last game for Ohio State, it's just unfortunate to see it in like that.
0: It it really is, and you know, and I guess we'll just never know. I was very much opposed to the NC two A decision, not to put out brackets of any sort. I mean, I can understand their discussion that everything kind of got tabled, and everybody who was on the selection committee had to hurry back to their you know to their day jobs and, 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 and s- lead their schools through these types of situations. But you know, I think it's I think it's a a darn shame for for these kids, especially the seniors. Not to be able to come back and be able to point up to a banner to say, well, that says, "Yeah, we were part of the 2020 NC two A tournament." I mean, the one that never happened, but it's still an accomplishment in and of itself. I think. Yeah,
1: I think it's it's something else. that's interesting thing about there is like you know, for coaches who have like contract stipulations about making it to a tournament, get it's like you know is that still going to go into effect this year, or you know. We don't have any of that's gonna play out. So I think I agree it would have been beneficial to at least release the bracket. Now, on the other hand there, I also understand the difficulty of that when you don't have when you didn't have any of the conference tournaments finished. You know, when you look at like a Purdue team that may have been on the bubble, but like, what do you do with them when, you know, they didn't get to play any of the tournament games. So it would have been difficult to release a field, but I think it would have been beneficial not only for coaches, but for kind of cleaning up the record books in the future.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not as worried about the coaches. I mean, granted, we're in basketball. We're not talking about everybody being a millionaire at that point. They're all well compensated. Um, I'm I'm more concerned about the student athletes in that situation. But all of that is definitely a factor. We're we're gonna jump in with a break, and on the on the flip side, we're gonna talk a little bit about football, and then we're gonna just talk about the, a little bit more of the strange times we're in, and kind of put a little bit of a wrapper on Braden's time as an intern with Buckeye Grove. So be sure to keep it locked in here. We'll be back on in about 30 seconds. Hague Water Conditioning has been treating well in city water in central Ohio with American-made water filtration products for over 60 years. Have a water quality problem? The water treatment experts at Hague know how to solve it. Not sure if your water softener is working? They will test, inspect, and sanitize any brand of water softener for only $20. Schedule a system checkup or water test today by calling 614-836-2195 or visit them online at hagueh ocom That's H-A-G-U-E-H-2-O.com. Hey, welcome back to the BIA podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Noon, joined by Braden Moles. Let's talk a little football now. That break was a nice opportunity to split the sports. We really didn't get to see much of a spring practice, obviously. We got we had the opportunity to get in there early, see them in shorts and whatnot. Uh, they went on their scheduled spring break, and then all hell broke loose after that point. So spring practice is shut down for the foreseeable future. I mean, we may see something on the tail end before uh, the academic term last day of classes, April 20th, even though they're not in-person classes, but I'm, I'm not optimistic. We're going to see any of that just based on all the news there. I mean, you know, what are, what are your thoughts about, about, you know, where, how this is going to impact the football team?
1: You know, I think it, it'll certainly be, it, there'll be an impact in terms of figuring out the depth chart for this upcoming season But I think you have so many returning players for Ohio State in the skill positions that, you know, it's not as much an issue there that they won't necessarily have that much extra practice or anything. And additionally, in terms of the competitive balance Gene Smith spoke about on that Friday, you know, with so many teams taking the steps to cancel these spring practices. I don't see Ohio State going to a competitive disadvantage against the other teams if everybody is going to be missing out on this time. But I think the biggest impact is going to come in, you know, freshmen that we're going to be pushing for the depth. I mean, you know, what does this say for the uh, for the uh, right tackle battle between uh, Nicholas petit Frere and uh, Paris Johnson? You know, if Johnson isn't going to get a chance to show off the spring practice, it's possible that uh, MPF could end up taking that job just because, you know, he's the only one that they really have much film on. So I think it'll certainly be an impact there, not so much on the guys that have been there for a few years, but maybe the ones that are going to make a push on the day chart.
0: I mean, and obviously we don't want to seem insensitive to the plight of what's going on across the globe right now, and, and seem you know pithy and trivial by putting so much here on sports. But how we're a sports podcast—that's what we're supposed to be talking about. I mean, what do you think about this situation of? If we kind of get out of the weeds, you know, in June or whatnot, with with the season starting in early September, really uh, fall camp should start a month before that, so, you know, the beginning of August. I, I think that probably the most likely situation is that they just open fall camp earlier in terms of July and give these guys, you know, the opportunity to work with the coaches, be able I mean, especially for the the guys who weren't mid-year enrollees, to have that crash course with the strength and conditioning program and whatnot. I mean, they'd all been given marching orders, but, you know, at least here in the state of Ohio, gyms have been closed as well, so everybody's going to be scrambling trying to find private gyms inside homes and things to stay in shape, but... I, you know i don't know if there's any benefit of trying to bring this back too early i think that you just try and tack it on and and start earlier that, i mean at least that's what i think the best option is
1: yeah i mean i think it, i think it's it, just my personal opinion i think it's going to be a while before we get back to some normalcy in terms of these types of things opening back up so i think the only solution there really would if you're wanting to make up that time would be to start fall camp early because i you know, especially since it'll be over the summer, I don't see, I, frankly, I don't even know how the NCAA would be, feel about, you know, bringing these students back over the summer early to get them back into the program. So, I, you know, unless we suddenly, you know, everything's quarantined off and we're good here in a few weeks, I don't see how you can really get them back in there any sooner than before fall camp. But even then, you know, basically everybody will just kind of try to truffle or a crash course of the same guys that are going to be, uh, that that weren't early in in the 2020 class. So I think everybody will just kind of have to get with the groove, whether it's early in July or if it'll just be a normal fall camp schedule that they kind of have to accelerate.
0: Yeah, and if they bring everybody back early, I mean, obviously there's the expectation of summer coursework. And with spring coursework all being online, I mean, you know, what does that mean for summer? And, you know, something that impacts you, we just learned – that uh, commencement is going to be postponed and you as a, as a graduating senior, I mean, obviously that's going to impact you.
1: Yeah, this whole, it, it's kind of a mess. right now. <laughs> you know, I Maybe mean, even, I don't know if you saw yesterday, they actually extended the academic semester through uh, April 27th to make up for the weird extended spring break. It, you know, i someone would to claim they don't know what they're doing. It's difficult. It, it just seemed weird with everything they're doing, but it's certainly unfortunate that uh, commencement's going to be postponed but I or potentially canceled in a later date, but I also understand why they're doing what they have to do. You know, you can't have these types of events with, you know, hundreds, tens of thousands of people hanging out in these times when, you know, a lot of it will be probably older family members, students that are coming to watch their grandchildren or children graduate, so I understand why they're doing it. it you know for, Selfishly for me, it's it, kind of unfortunate but I understand why they're doing
0: it you know staying kind of on a personal note how have you been filling your time other than having me say more stories more stories more stories since <laughs> you know ha- having to you know having the, the opportunity to go back home and whatnot and and continue your coursework via as they say distance learning
1: well so our coursework actually hasn't started back yet it won't say uh, extended uh, our spring break we actually don't start classing again until. Uh, stuff coming Monday, but in my free time, I've been, uh, like you said, just writing stories, uh, catching up on some um, TV shows, like we had talked about how uh, this is finally a good time for me to catch up on Better Call Saul. Uh, but other than that, you know, seeing what hobbies I can maybe pick up, spending time with family, uh, at a social uh, distance, of course, six feet, and, uh, you know, catching up with friends before uh, every, everything eventually gets quarantined. So, yeah, just trying to fill time.
0: You could always pick up my favorite hobby, and that's drinking bourbon. But yeah, you're 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 still a, a young pup. I mean, you're of legal consuming age, but you know you've got some time to pick that one up. Um, you know, in in all actuality, w- your internship still runs through April, so I mean, people aren't going to be saying goodbye to you yet, and even here on the BIA podcast, but. You're probably done in terms of covering live events. You know what are the, you know I'm going to ask you for two and why. What were the two favorite events that you covered? I mean, not you know not necessarily like you know oh this play or whatever, but you know big picture. You know what are you going what are you going to take away? Is hey that was a really neat experience.
1: I think the first would
0: be uh, during I don't know if people
1: may not have known this but, uh, during the Michigan game. Uh, up in Ann Arbor this year. I was actually on the field, I taking photographs. So that was an experience, you know, seeing the big house uh, from field level and kind of staying there for the entire game, you know, watching the whole situation with Justin Fields and his injury and him coming back to the game from field level was an incredible experience. Not not to mention, you know, watching Ohio State win, you know, I believe it was 56 to 27 or something like that, you know, in the big house. That's an experience I'll never forget and then the second would likely be the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, just in general, being, able, being given the opportunity to cover a college football playoff game. And not just a college football playoff game, but one of that caliber. You know, there have been plenty of kind of you know, clunkers of playoff games where teams have won by multiple touchdowns. but You know, this was probably one of the closest, one of, one of the best college football playoff games between Ohio State and Clemson. And just, you know, being on the field for that final drive. You know, standing next to Urban Myers, keeps watching. You know, Ohio State try to drive down and take the lead, and then being 20 yards away from the guy who picked off Justin Fields in the end zone, it's just, it, you know, it's an experience that it was unfortunate to watch. But for me, it's something I'm
0: never going to forget. Well, we were definitely glad to have you, and as I said, we are not saying goodbye to you yet. Uh, you uh, know we're gonna we're gonna start ramping up a little bit more of our BIA podcast here when we don't necessarily have as many live events to be covering. But uh, I want to thank Braden for joining us, and I want to thank you for being with us here on the BIA podcast once again. I am your host Kevin Noon, and we will talk to you very soon. Be sure to stay up to date with Buckeye Grove instant access when the news breaks or after the big game exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play or Stitcher as part of the Unscripted Ohio podcast network. Hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know and never miss a single episode.